life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We are still in the middle of a TV season. Yes, we in are. In fact, I have just delivered the last of this TV season. That is season three, currently on Velocity, coming to Amazon and Vimeo in the next a week or so. We're going to start releasing episodes. Probably weekly we'll release an episode on Amazon and Vimeo. Yeah, that's so we were just talking about if this. If you're in the U.S., it'll be Amazon Prime. If you want to watch it internationally, you can watch it on Vimeo. Uh, we're going to have it available for all of you for that. We're very excited to share all these episodes. Also, we had a uh, less than great news about TV this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, the, 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 you know... Look, proof that I am not perfect keeps look, dawning. I, I am going to intervene here <laughs> and just uh, issue the mea culpa on your behalf because everyone, Todd, has been working his tail off. This is true. Editing, and it, it sometimes, well, a lot of times, comes down to the late nights. Oh, yes. And when he's outputting finals for whatever the episode is and doesn't have fresh eyes to come in and check everything mm-hmm. and make sure spelling is correct and all that stuff. I mean, keep in mind, we're a, we're a small team. And like I've told you yes. before, it's four Four of us shooting, two of us hosting, but really one of us editing. This is true. That's you. True. And so I'm coming with, you know, I put no pressure on you for, you for any editing. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually very defensive of your time. True, true, if, true. You know, I think somebody's something's going to come in the way of your editing or put too much stress on you. I'm actually pretty adamant. You try to push I, it off. That's true. I come in That's the true. way of that so to defend. What's happened here in, in these six episodes is that in episode one, there was a very minor spelling error. And in episode four, which is our CUVs this last this last weekend, there was a graphic screw up. One of the graphics is dropped in wrong with with the ratings, and so it's a little confusing. And I I live in this weird world where you know obviously like my wife said, well I can check that for you, and I said not at two in the morning you won't. Right, you're right. asleep when I get this done. Anyway, because this is the reality of having another job and also doing this show, which yeah. the other job is fading away thanks to you guys and all of all the yeah, growth no you're giving kidding. the show, which is awesome. So that's great. Yep. So hopefully season four this won't be an issue and it'll be normal hours when I can go hey honey look at this. But <laughs> here's the other thing: I like to live in a world where. The folks that receive it from us to post it to Velocity and Velocity themselves, somebody looked at it and went, isn't that wrong? Yeah, you'd think, you'd think. But, but none it, of them bothered to either notice or check as well, which means you guys watching, thank you, our final QC, and in a couple of cases, you've gone, uh, <clears throat> uh, Todd, uh, that's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. not spelled right. So uh, yeah, the good news look. is it's fixed, and it, it will be fixed for all per, uh, further versions, including uh, the, the replays on Velocity and uh, Amazon and Vimeo and, you know, me with late night smelling. Exp- apparently, apparently, I can't spell or do math. So this is what we concluded. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, thank you guys. But, uh, but honestly, I'm We're making not fun. Being hard on you, I'm making fun, but it bugs me even more than it bugs you that have seen it. I guarantee you. Yes, and yes. I want to thank you guys just for watching, for engaging, for paying attention. Because if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have seen it anyway. Well, that's true. That does mean everybody's watching really for closely sure. to the for words sure. we say, down to the graphics. And so, thank you. What are the final? What's the outcome? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And so that is nice to see. So honestly. we enjoyed that CUV episode. Uh, next up, actually coming this weekend, is a uh, little show business here. We've got. Mustangs, classic Mustangs, yeah, 67 cool. and 68. Yeah. And then the following yeah. week is our amazing adventure uh, for this season. We're trying to do an adventure episode every season. This one is a Wrangler against Moab, the brand new JL Wrangler in Moab. So that's fun. 
So that's awesome. ending, but yet for some of you, it's just about to begin, which is cool. Exactly. And it's going to trickle out, just like Todd said, like it does on TV, like yeah. it has with Velocity. So an episode at a time over the weeks, but it'll come out very soon on yep. Amazon. Yep. We will announce that everywhere we possibly can totally. yep. when it drops. And like I always say, thanks to our presenting sponsor, mm-hmm. Covercraft, for taking care of us for this season, along with Grio's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. And don't forget... You can use the code every day with both Covercraft and Griot's Garage. So Covercraft's going to give you free shipping. Griot's Garage is going to give you 10% off your order. This is cool. Don't really forget. Cool. And thanks to all of our sponsors. They make it happen for, for sure. us, it's honestly. The, it's the reason that the show is existing it really on TV is. and, we, do, we keep and operating it. at this scale. Absolutely true. <laughs> it is. Absolutely true. This weekend, you yeah. and I actually drove for fun. And we Crazy met up enough. with a fan, which was great. We yeah. got to drive his Boxster Spider, which is an upcoming Fast Blast, so that's really cool. And we drove a road we're going to drive for the Utah meetup. Yeah, very cool. And this fan had come in. Hey, Jay, how are you, man? This fan, he and his son Parker had come in on a massive cross-country road trip, come in from Florida. And uh, he got out of the car at one point and looked at Paul and I and said, this may be the greatest road I've ever been on, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. <laughs> so it just made me think about this upcoming Utah meetup. Many of you have already signed up. If you still want to sign up, please do. Now, when I say sign up, you're literally just you're, you're filling out a form so that we know who's coming to what. Because yeah, right, how right. you want to do this and how involved you want to be is totally up to you guys. We're talking mountain biking, a day on the track, mm-hmm. a day yeah. on a great road, some really cool meals, lots of fun. Uh, quite, a, quite a few of you have already signed up. I do want to give one bit of, and, and pressure's the wrong word, but there's, there's not a better way to put this out there. If you want to do the track day, you do need to sign up with NASA for the track day sooner rather than later. This yeah, is a unique track day yeah. where there's two halves. A lot, a lot of tracks do this. There's two halves of our local track. There's the east half and the west half. Mm-hmm, right, and right. if you go out there on a track day, you're driving one half of the track. And it's still long. It's like a two-and-a-half-mile track to do half of it. Once a year, the local NASA group does a all-track combined day. Right. And they open the barriers. And that's the day that we're doing our track day. Yeah. So yeah. they're expecting it to completely sell out, but you're getting to do the full four-and-a-half-something-mile version of the track, which I've never done. I'm very excited. That's going to be the track day we're there. Uh, also, it is an all-weekend event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We, as an everyday driver group, are only going Saturday. Be sure you sign up for the right day. But if you want to come, we'd right. love to see you. Right. That's October 5th through 7th is the whole event for us, and the 6th is the track day at NASA. Yeah, excellent clarification. And that just means, since the track is opening both halves, they removed the barrier on that front straight, which means the front straight is now double the length, which means Crazy it just long. crushes your brakes at the end of that front straight doubly. So yes, yes, yes. just know that in advance but that's some serious high speeds on that front straight cars the the hot ones have gotten up to 200 miles an hour yeah. on that front straight it yep. is that long yeah, when they huge. open everything up so that means there's a great front straight and then there's something called the the attitudes mm-hmm. as as part of the course and yeah. then you, they're both different tracks one is very yeah. technical one is very flowing i'll say yeah. Yeah, yeah you get to experience both plus this giant front straightaway mm-hmm. awesome it's really cool yeah Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that, and uh, this is going to be crazy amounts of fun. For sure. For uh, sure. It's coming together. So, yeah, thanks to you guys for signing up. We have got a Topic Tuesday coming at you here, and we've also got a great debate. This is Michael in Houston, Texas, and yeah. he's talking about cars for young professionals and about the, you know, should it be flashy? Should it not be? What does that say about me as a young professional, even though I'm kind of low mm-hmm. on the totem pole as far as a pay scale? But I want to drive something fun, but yet not just look like I've splashed out. And then people say, well, we're paying you sure. too much for your entry-level sure. job, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, wow. Like, 
kind of screwed up, you know? Yeah. What happened there? So we will definitely cover that after the break, but we've got a topic Tuesday that is kind of uh, always comes up in, in some ways between you and I, it I does, think. It comes up a lot. It's, yeah. it's kind we of interesting. very different tolerance levels about this topic, really, yeah. This was uh, an intriguing email just recently sent to us by Colton. Colton, we don't know where you're at, but he emailed us and said, it's about the owning your car mm-hmm. versus it owning you. This is a discussion of preciousness. Mm-hmm. We bring it up on the podcast yeah. a lot about being too precious with your car and not being comfortable driving it because what if fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, it, this is a hard discussion because cars are expensive and you want to keep them nice and yet you, they're supposed to be driven. And when they, you drive them, let's be honest, stuff happens. I want to read you part of his email here. Yeah. He says, I'm happy to report at the age of 26, I'm now the proud owner of a 2018 Mustang GT Premium. So nice car. Yeah. But he says, this is currently my only car, and I'm driving myself insane because I want to keep it perfect. In his head, he says, it may as well be a Ferrari 250 GTO (laughs) because of how I'm treating it. Yeah. He said, this is causing me anxiety while driving it. And if someone decides to be parked next to me at work, I want to move my car to prevent the dings and possible scratches. He's been avoiding his favorite restaurants when they're busy for the same reason. Because what if something happens? And he said, tonight, I, I was detailing. I discovered a scratch on the door. Now I'm repairing this. And I'm not too worried about it because he's got the paint pen, but he's just upset that someone else damaged his car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you get over this? How do you yeah. get past it? He said, yeah, I'm yeah. driving myself crazy, and it's making him not enjoy his dream car. That's and, what it comes down to. Yes, and he comes from a long line of people with muscle cars, a long line of people in the family who own yeah. muscle cars. He has, yeah. This has been his genuine dream car. He owns his genuine dream car, which is really, really cool. At 26, he has this car he loves. But he's he's almost wishing he had his old beat down don't care about it anymore pickup still in play <laughs> yeah. because that yeah. he drove and never worried about mm-hmm. and the Mustang he drives and constantly worries about. Yeah, I I'm gonna dive right in and say I Please. feel you, Colton. I feel your pain. Yeah, I, I know you do. I come from uh, a product design background and an automotive design background, yeah. and when I was in school, I had an instructor say you talking to the students in the class are going to be far more discerning and picky and possibly upset when you see the price of a product and knowing how it was designed and made and thinking, Mm -hmm. well, there's not even $5 worth of material and look how much they're charging or whatever that is. And, you know, his point was you're going to be very discerning as far as products and what you own in your life. And I've always been accused, my mom growing up always said, I've got a champagne taste on a beer budget and (laughs) I always like the nicer things. And I I admit that. I admit like crazy. I want to buy the nicer item, but I want to buy one of them and own it for 10 years, yeah, whatever yeah, that is, whether it's way, for sure. kitchen knives to you know, footwear or whatever it is. I'm always kind of gravitating towards the nicer, higher-end thing, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to last that long. Mm-hmm. The true. more expensive product... It's like pens. As soon as you buy the, you know, the $200 fine pen, <laughs> you're going to lose it, yeah. and there will be... 89 cent big pens everywhere. Yes. Flooding your life. This is the reason I buy cheap sunglasses because cheap sunglasses with me somehow survive and I buy expensive ones and it's a count. It's like a week until they're, (laughs) they're, I left them somewhere. I got them scratched, whatever. (laughs) I'll find cheap sunglasses I like and buy like four pair at a time because I'm like, okay, I'm going to put them everywhere. They're going to be like chiclets. They're just sitting around. I can pick up a pair of sunglasses. Procreate too. Practically, yeah. (laughs) I always like, well, you never lose these things. They always bounce back somehow. Yeah. You yeah, run yeah. over them, and they're they're fine. Yeah, it's crazy. But no, not with the precious, expensive the object. But when it comes to cars, Colton, I'm I'm with you. I 
I want things to look nice. I like the appearance because of yeah. my design background. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you have an eye from a photography and color and mix and storytelling. And, yeah. you know, I come from a design and art background. Not that you don't have that. I you understand. very much have no, no, that, no, too. No, no, I understand it, what you're saying. It definitely drives that part mm-hmm. of me. I want things to always be in good shape. Yep. I like to have nice things, whether it's a... Eight thousand dollar Porsche nine twenty eight, or it's a, oh you're looking are you okay good did to I know. say that out loud yeah you did say that out loud good um, well winter is coming so you know <laughs> dang it yeah. it's infected my brain anyway good I'm glad to whatever that is I, I yeah. like things to just have the appearance of hey you take care of things I like that I, I appreciate people that take care of things mm-hmm. but then if it prevents you from actually enjoying the thing agreed it now owns you and this is my struggle with the cayman gts i know it is i know it it's is. a yep. constant struggle for me and i want to drive it on on one hand some days i'm like you know what ah, drive it and yeah. i do yeah and i get yeah, out there and drive it other days after it's washed or whatever i just think you tuck it away yeah tuck it away sometimes i mean even just the gravel that sprays up on roads i mean we get far more here in utah because just road condition. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're mm-hmm. resurfacing roads every other week and during the yeah. summer. Summer is just build time. Yeah, they just are always resurfacing, building something. Yeah. So they do that. That uh, it's called a chip seal, and so they have that crushed gravel, and then they come along with the tar, or whatever, yeah. and spray it over the top. So it's this rough surface. But there's always loose gravel spraying up against the car. And I'm thinking, well, I don't have a pickup truck. If I did, I wouldn't care. <laughs> well, a Jeep, I don't care. The Expedition, I don't care. Yeah. But then I don't want. Because for me, I liken it to damage, and that costs me money. Yeah. And from Colton's standpoint, well, yes, the damage part. Dirt, I don't care about. Dirt can be cleaned. Dirt, sure, grease, of course, scuff, of course. I don't care. That can be cleaned off. But damage, that's a different story, and yeah. it does cost you money down the road unless you can come to a point in your life where you think, you know what? I'm just enjoying it. I'm just, mm-hmm. that's it. Colton, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm, gonna, I'm stepping carefully. I'm gonna try to give you some counterpoints on this, because this is a place where I think, honestly, in the time I've known Paul, which has been <clears throat> a while, <laughs> we have started at opposite poles mm-hmm. and kind of come toward each other in this area, because the yeah. cars I always owned were were such pieces that nobody cared about that it was like, I think I washed it. I think I, it's I washed it recently. And that might be months <laughs> versus Paul, who sometimes wouldn't take the nice car out at all because, well, there's a world out there. Okay, I mean, you know, seriously, there's, there's bugs and seriously, there's, there's air just, out there. Exactly, there's people I don't know out there. What if I have to park it? So as exactly. a result, we had a few situations where you know I started to, to realize as I was able to get cars like my 300ZX that I really loved. Mm-hmm. I want to care about this more. Mm-hmm. And you started to, to see my desire to be like, yeah, but you have a great car. Let's go drive it. Let's you and me go drive it right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yes, I know it just rained. And I know there's gravel, but drive, but driving. And you yeah. started to be like, yeah, yeah, we really should. So we really have kind of, we still are not together on this, by the way. But we have, we've kind of come toward each other and respected each other's position a little bit better. Yeah, okay? definitely. Now that I have the Lotus, I see your point a little more, and I see it for this reason because I have to hand wash the Lotus. I have to. Uh, oh, yeah. So I am aware yeah. of the fact that now I'm just driving it; it gets dirty, whatever. But I'm aware of the fact that if I just washed it. And two hours later, I drive it through a mud puddle. That hurts in a way it never has before. Because as you say, when the car gets dirty, it's now your problem. Right. I can't just – I mean, like, the Mini, I can drive through the automatic car wash. It's a $5,000 car. It goes through. It doesn't leak. It's fine. The Lotus, i got to hand wash it. Now, I actually kind of enjoy hand washing it. But at the same time, that's just – I don't have a whole lot of time to do that. 
So if I just washed it and now it's dirty, it's kind of like, oh, man, come on. All your work that you just put in Seriously. equates to your time. But I still want to drive it. So, sure. Colton, I'm going to try carefully to help you here. I am going to say this, and it may kind of break your heart, but I am going to say this. If you have a car that you aren't driving, I don't think you should have that car. Mm. Now, that's tough love, but honestly. That's, that's seriously I feel hard that, to hear. I feel that way about classics. I feel that way about you know, uh, sheiks who have a, a warehouse full of cars, uh, yeah. buy your car and drive them. You bought a car to sit in your living room. It's, it's not a planter. Okay. These, yeah. these are, these are gorgeous pieces of design that are meant to move. And if they aren't moving, it's tragic. They are not being used as intended. That's, that's so, part of the design is totally the actual so, motion part of it. I am all about drive your cars, drive, 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 drive. I'm all about that. I realize that means you're now subjecting it to the wider world. You've asked the question, should you get full paint protection film on this car? If you can afford it, Colton, I think you should absolutely do that because it's a level of peace of mind you don't currently have. I agree. That that takes a lot of sting out of mm-hmm. what he's describing. Paint protection film is excellent. Yes. It's just expensive. Yes. You can get the whole car done. It's going to be a yeah. few thousand to get the whole car done and get it done right. It's going to be, mm-hmm. and I'm not kidding, a few thousand dollars to get it done right. But... I mean, we knew a guy here, Wes, who bought a yeah. pristine, pretty much never been driven uh, GT3, and the first thing he did was get it. Uh, maybe actually, maybe the actually the owner prior did. The, the, the owner prior came that way. Never dr- yeah. driven it really, but he had done just license plate to license plate paint protection film. It was it the was full car, the whole car, yeah. very expensive, very well done. But that made it a lot more just defended against everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a possibility. But you need to be driving this car. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to buy a beater just because you want to keep this pristine. I think that's actually going to make the situation worse. If you buy a car that you now don't care about, that's only going to make you be more precious about the Mustang. I want to challenge you as if it's a workout. I want to challenge you to drive the Mustang all the time. Mm-hmm. If you want to get paint yeah. protection film, cool, but just drive it and have life in it. You haven't told us where you are. Here's my challenge for you that I think I actually think might help besides driving it all the time. Besides that, and well, actually, he has to. It's his only car, but and that's the reason I don't want him to get something else. Is so that he kind of has to keep driving it all the time. Anything you buy gets screwed up to some degree. I, yeah. I'm not being yeah. flippant. If you really want to see how much you love your things, get a dog or a kid. Because <laughs> suddenly, because they're just going to destroy stuff. You're going to be like, "How did you just with the?" I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Footwear to curtains to Dogs furniture. and kids, they yeah. just don't get it. And teaching them to respect your stuff is a constant uphill battle. And you're going to be yeah. like, that was nice before you came along. So that's a challenge. I'm not saying go get a dog or a kid, but I'm saying that is the real challenge for you. Get a dog and a kid. And when it gets no. that, well, down the line, you will have this challenge again. But, but I think what you need to do is go have an adventure in your car. And you mean a long drive Here's adventure? why I say this. I don't know where you live in the country. Interesting. Maybe it's just a weekend. Maybe it's longer. But I want you to take an adventure road trip in this car. Because the problem you have right now is you're taking your new baby out. And what if the world breathes on your baby wrong and gets it sick? What if that person parks too close? You're trying to defend while the rest of the world is trying to attack. And all you're trying to do is move through the world. Mm-hmm. If you take your car out and do something fun that most people aren't doing, and you get an adventure and enjoyment and you love driving it, and you go, look what we're doing. Look at this amazing road. If gravel kicks up and, hit and damages your car because you're driving it hard, I submit to you, still a bummer, but less of a pain than the guy next to you in the parking lot gave you a door ding. 
True. Because you True. got experience and adventure out of it. I want you to, if I could tell you what to do, it would be, yes, to defend your world, paint protect your whole car, plan a road trip now. Mm, Go do an adventure in your car so that if you come back with a ding or a a smudge mark or a whatever after this road trip is over, you can be like, yeah, that happened and it was a bummer and it happened on this cool back road, but let me tell you what I did in this car. Well, now you've, you've associated the dings or the chips or the whatever have a story behind it. A good story that was your doing. That, that you was your did adventure. because of whatever. Now, can anything be repainted and fixed and spruced up? Yeah. And I come back to the, well, That's you're money. costing me yeah. money. Of course, of course. But I'm with you. Get the paint protection film, and I think that will add quite a few levels of peace of mind for you, Colton. Yeah. Honestly, it's excellent. It doesn't have to be, expels the awesome, expensive stuff. I've got the, I think it's SunTech or Sunrider or something like that on my okay. car. It's still okay. excellent. I, I really yeah. like it. And I think that that has taken the sting out. But I want to leave you with a couple of examples, Colton. And that is, on one hand, at the extreme level, Todd and I have been to Spa on the Germany trip, the pilgrimage trip that we take every year. Yes. yes. And we see on a random Tuesday, owners with expensive cars tracking and beating the snot mm-hmm. out of their cars mm-hmm. like gt3s and the side of it has a tire mark down the side yeah. and the rear the underneath the rear fenders is just it looks like it was in a sandblaster yeah like a walnut shell sandblaster yeah where the rear wheels just spray the car and i'm thinking well these guys are out there just using their cars yeah and you yeah, could yeah. argue well they're rich and they can afford it and they don't care not so yeah i mean those people cared you know enough to Spend the money and all that stuff. I mean, there are plenty of wealthy folks that, that very do certainly. much care about yeah. the things that they have and want to keep them nice, too. Just because you have gobs of money doesn't mean, we, you know, we can just destroy everything. But I wonder, on, the, on their point, That's though. That's the extreme. I, yes. I wonder if those guys would be every bit as annoyed by a door ding in the parking lot as Colton would be. But trashing their back fenders on spa... You know what? I was on spa today in my GT3. Right, right. That's good. That's really good. The other example is my first Cayman, the 2007 Cayman S. I bought it from the owner with 25,000 miles on Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. and it on the front right quarter panel, right at the top of the fender arch on the front right wheel, Mm -hmm. it had a pretty severe ding in it. Like, it was parked in the garage, and somebody got out of a minivan and just went whack right mm. into the... Mm, and the paint yeah. was chipped off. I could see the black coating underneath. Yeah. And it was a dimple in the right in that nice, fine yeah, edge right the there. Yeah. Going, what? And yet, I still bought the car. And I had the the rock chips underneath the rear wheels. There were The hood was actually kind of pitted because the owner lived on a gravel road. Remember that? Yeah, I do. He had a long gravel driveway. And yet I still bought the car and that bugged me when I first, when it rolled up and it, it bugged me. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? If this helps me enjoy the car and drive it more. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I thought, well, in my time of ownership, I'll just get that fixed. I'll get it repaired. And I never did. I remember that. It was so weird. I drove it for three years. I was really shocked by that. I remember when it happened. I was like, why hasn't he gotten that fixed? I mean, don't tell him. Don't encourage him. But why did he? <laughs> <laughs> it actually helped me. Now I've yeah, got you know the nicer Cayman GTS that yeah. I do want to keep nice for a long time. Yeah, but sure. having that Cayman helped me just get over it and drive it. And yeah, it could be fixed. On the other hand, I'm enjoying the heck out of that car. Yeah. Yeah, and it, then I think I paid thirty eight, and I was going, "Oh my gosh, this is a lot of money," and it was. Yeah, for sure it was. But you know, even with the damage, and I thought, "Well, I can get it fixed," and I sold it that way. And my selling point to the next owner was, "This has never been fixed, so it's still factory 
which means you can get it fixed to your level of peace of mind. Yeah. Then you know the level of quality of repair. Yeah. And you sold him a car that was that was a driving car. Yeah. And he drove yeah. it and loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was the owner of Oboe Shoes, as a matter of fact. Yeah, He's up in Montana, and yeah, yeah. I think he just upgraded to a GT4 and put my car up for sale. And I, I thought about but asking him, it. like, he loved it. Maybe I'll buy it back, but I couldn't do it at the time. And 928s <laughs> have affected my brain. So Good. excellent, uh, excellent. Uh, yeah, Colton. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps anybody. I'm, I mean, you're one of yeah. us. You're either Todd, sure. where you have a higher tolerance. I'd say yeah. for I do have a higher tolerance for that kind of thing, or you're me that lower tolerance. But you're tr- we're both trying to get to that middle i think yeah because you want yeah, the yeah. lotus to look nice and you're bummed if it's well yeah. that's another thing and that took the yeah. value down and it doesn't look very good now yeah. and i'm going i don't want to be owned by my car that's it's I, really hard i do not like that feeling yeah. i want to go drive it and feel comfortable driving it yeah colton i want you i'm telling you i know it sounds obvious and all of you listening I, i'm saying it to you as well drive your car drive your car yeah it, it, life is going to happen to your car so i'm trying to sum this up here Go have adventures so the life that happens to it isn't just what other people do to it. And you can yeah. own yeah. its you can own its story. You can own its scratches and nicks. I, look, I'm gonna go to a weird analogy, but it's true. The scars on your body are your story. True. True. That can be true of your car. And not to get philosophical either, but we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. None of us know what's Absolutely gonna happen in our lives true. next. Yep, yep, yep. So if you've got something awesome. Enjoy it. And I, I am saying that to me more than I'm saying it to I hear anybody else. I hear you. It's yeah. the fingers pointing at me, and I, I'm talking to me, honestly. And, it, and that's a hard reality. And, it, and like yeah. I said, it's why I'm joking about the dogs and kids thing. They really test you on what's the importance of stuff. What's the level at which, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, now that my son is almost nine, you know, we have real conversations about where, buddy, okay, no. Stuff costs money. Don't just wreck stuff. Right, right. But when they don't understand that yet, certainly like a dog doesn't understand that, it's like, okay, oh, it was so annoying, but it is stuff. Yeah. You got to be careful. And if, and if you're blessed to have stuff you love, awesome. That's what this whole show is about. Once you have a car you love, yeah. but not love so much that it's it, it's in, enshrined in your garage, oh, right. that's not good. Right. Although I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Ferrari owners are a little bit more guilty of this than Porsche owners. I think the Porsche owners are willing to get out there and kind of, I mean, when you see it car at a car show and it's got some dings in mud and you think, wow, you're getting out and enjoying your car versus the garage queen Ferrari. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful, but you never drive it. So why well, do you have Well, I'll go back to the spa track days that we've been to, which is a crazy that's sentence astounding that we me, by to. the way. I'm looking at fenders you'll like, see, this is a $150,000 You'll car. see 10 or 15 GT3s and two 458s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm thrilled those guys are out there driving. And let's be honest, the 458 is twice as expensive as the GT3. I get that too. But it's not like the Ferrari club showed up. The Porsche club showed up. And yeah. then a couple of guys with money and Ferraris went, oh, I'm taking the 458. We're going to a track day, yeah. which bravo. Yeah. But you're right. They're much more typically garage queens. And I just I hate garage queens. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. Anyway. I hear you. All right. Well, we've got a fun debate coming up after the break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually used to host a country music station. We have a new sponsor. It's Wrangler Jeans, and I read the copy, and I thought, there's only one way to do this. Deep breath, Wrangler Jeans. You ready? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans, the pair that fits perfectly and always looks great, the pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving. 
whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, a price that works for everyone. We've even got vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selections of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear, all for men and women. Wrangler. Denim made for the modern world. That was proper. Yeah. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. You're not going to believe this, but I'm going to talk about underwear. Yes, it's a family podcast, but I'm still going to talk about underwear. There is a company called MeUndies. That's right, it's MeUndies. It's expelled exactly like you think it is. Think of it this way. The right underwear is as important as the right car, and we choose the right car for you. Every good driver needs good underwear. If you go to MeUndies right now, there is a no-risk trial offer. If you're not happy, they'll refund the cost, and you can keep the pair of underwear because they don't want them back. Because you're listening to this show, you can get 15% off your first pair and free shipping. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash driver. I don't need to hear about it, but you can go get underwear there. The first 25 folks to send a proof of purchase, which is a screenshot of your purchase or the receipt, you will get another pair free if you send that proof of purchase to gift at podcast one with driver in the subject line. You will soon have another pair in your collection. They've also got hoodies. They've got really cool pants you can hang out in. Men, women, it can be shipped right to you. Go to MeUndies.com slash driver. Yes, MeUndies. When it comes to technology, there can be a big difference between consumer grade and business class. Just like with airlines, when you step up, there's a reason. There are benefits. HP and Intel are excited about their business line of products, laptops focused on the prosumer. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize the battery life over the processing power. Business class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, and they allow users to work faster and longer while they're on the road. Ask me how I know I've done this for years in the tech industry. And when you're searching for good laptops for graphic design or industrial design, you've got every right to be picky. HP has been a go-to choice for designers for years because their powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user interface. They strive to serve the pros, the beginners, and everybody in between. The HP Elite PCs are designed for heavy-duty reliability. We're talking 115,000 hours, that's right, of HP's testing on these standards to ensure they're durable. These business class devices are bundled with software that sometimes isn't even available at the lower levels or is an extra premium to get it. It comes right on these PCs. Every Elite HP PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support. That's 24-7, 365 dedicated people there to help you with your computer that isn't available on the consumer-grade products. I've used HP business class PCs for years, and I know that support is crucial, as is the processing power, as is the build quality, and they deliver. 
You can get an extra 10% off on select 8th generation Intel powered HP PCs with the code DRIVER until September 17th, 2018. Go to hp.com driver. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. As we were talking about the debate earlier from mm-hmm. Michael in Houston, Texas, yeah. asking about cars for young professionals and the level of flashiness. Yeah. And we've t- I've told you the story before about my dad, and he was in the mm-hmm. aviation insurance mm-hmm. business, and if he would roll up in anything that was a German car, you know, the guys flying the airplanes would think, I'm paying my insurance agent too much, but yet they own $300,000 airplanes. Yeah. But yeah. that's their business. Totally. That's their thing. Totally. That's how they make a living. Yeah. But here's Michael at a PR firm in Houston, and he says, I need a new car, and it's got to be something sporty, but what about the optics mm-hmm. about owning How's the thing that, yeah. you know, like we're talking about, the, the dream car. We aspire to the dream car. Yeah, yeah. Michael, my car when I was 24, I was still at Art Center, and I had a Honda Accord, and I, yeah. I mean, I treated it nicely, but I Yes, you did, but didn't. yeah have anything special it was yeah sure i did drive the snot out of that car too yes you did anyway so i i definitely get it you're ready to get something fun Mm -hmm. but along with fun that can mean it kind of looks pretty hot too yeah it can be now part of this discussion will include a touch on insurance because as soon as insurance agents think it's fun and sporty looking they're gonna want to charge you more money yeah but the budget for you is not high enough where you're not really going to have to worry too much about that, I don't mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm interested in what we come up with here. I'm intrigued by my choice because I went back in time. Did you really? For Michael. Okay, cool. I did. Because he's young, and you and I have driven essentially what we call the greatest hits cars yeah. for the show. Yeah. And it, it's getting pretty long, which I like. Yeah, it's good. But cool. I'm kind of going back to the beginning. Okay, because cool. Good. Michael's got a driving life ahead of him. Yeah, and I for think sure. If he goes back in time, starts now, and then works his way up as his career progresses, as mm-hmm. his income progresses. Interesting. Then he I can kind of meet things more and more as his age, as he ages. You know, insurance costs come down. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. That's my thinking. That's my headspace as I approached his debate. Because, yeah, it's... It can kind of be a problem if somebody sees, wow, that's a hot car. No, 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 I, I paid eleven grand for it. No, 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 you don't understand. It yeah. doesn't matter. You're yeah. screwed. Well, I mean, this I have this conversation at gas stations where people are looking at the Lotus. And they think Does that thing a, have a V10? They, they, exactly. And they think it's a six-digit car. <laughs> like, no, actually, my monthly payment is less than your new Camry. I mean, that's the truth of it. Yep. But it doesn't look like it. Oh. So, I mean, you have to worry about these kind color of things. Doesn't help. If you're, see again? The color doesn't this help. This is true. And actually, Cameras you know what? are not yellow. True. And I'm going to give you this thought, Michael. And I know this is going to sound uncharacteristic of me, but I'm going to, in your situation, I'm going to really stand on it. You need to not buy a flashy color. Hmm. We could get you into With a you. low-level sports car, but if it was in a gray or a silver or a black, it's going to blend much better in the car park than any color. Now, I, now the, the, honestly, I'm, I'm laughing under my breath. The virtues of silver? This Exactly. This kind of <laughs> makes my skin crawl because I want to have people in sports cars of color, and it's all I want to buy. Because, Rattle can primer metallic. Exactly. Because look look at the way I look. I don't care. But, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. I think in your situation, 
the yellow spot in the parking lot, you don't want that to be your car. Yeah. You want to yeah. ha- it, have it kind of blend. So the person that's two cars down from you doesn't even notice you have an interesting car there. They can't even tell. Mm-hmm. All right. So the story is, in terms of the car, he had to replace his great driving but apparently horribly unreliable and expensive E39 BMW 540i with a 2010 Mercury Milan. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That is... Mm-hmm. Not a lateral move. That is... It's, it's, it's a step into Blandville. Uh, yes. You're being nice. Both are a little big and heavy for me, he says, and the Milan lacks any redeeming driving qualities other than a good <laughs> highway experience sure. due to the steering configuration and comfortable cabin. I think that means if you ran over a small woodland creature, you wouldn't feel You wouldn't it. notice, yeah. But he says, I don't think I can take to this unenthusiastic acceleration, boat-like handling and cornering and front-wheel drive <laughs> any longer. You just can't take it anymore. Sure, sure, sure. And he says, feel free to push on or ignore some of these preferences. He said he's not really wed to this, and he's not in a big rush to buy, but it is something that's on his mind because, mm-hmm. again, your job, your career is blossoming. You want something that's, all right, yeah. I'm yeah, past yeah. college. I'm, yeah, for sure. I'm a professional, for sure. yeah. but I'm still an enthusiast. Yeah. What car is that with a budget of not half his annual income, maybe somewhere less? Yeah. But it's not large. I mean, he's saying, I've been spending about ten grand on cars up mm-hmm, to now. Mm-hmm. Maybe 15. 18 is probably Paul's doing damage to your bank account. Probably, yeah. So we're thinking about this. And he said, I'm interested in something more nimble and precise than the Mercury. Low bar. Lawnmowers are more precise Very low and bar. nimble. Yes. The riding kind. The, the list of cars, it, it, the podcast would be lengthy if we just listed everything that beat that, that bar. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> so he says, I've been thinking along these lines of a Miata or a Fiat, mm-hmm. okay, sporty okay. compact, BMW 2 Series, maybe. But he's apprehensive about another German car because of this unreliable stuff that's gone on with, yeah, the, yeah, with yeah. the E39. Yeah, yeah. I love the 540i. I keep seeing them around lately. They're pretty, going, but it doesn't mean they always run. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So he says, I'm also not sure the convertibles have the quick... Well, probably handling and acceleration that he's really in love with. Well, mm. you're you're an enthusiast, clearly. Yeah. All right. He appreciates the tech, appreciates various driving modes, so sport and comfort and various sure, things like sure, that. Sure. Because he do it does have this commute. He is, you know, thinking, all right, I love the manual, but uh, maybe a dual clutch, maybe something, even if it's just a regular yeah. automatic with paddles, or yeah. I'm hoping you're open to just an automatic. Okay. Because we are kind of in that direction with my choices. Okay. But okay. I want you to consider that. And he says, given the size of Texas, which you know very well. Yes. Well, you're a Houston, well, Houstonite? I'm, I'm a Houstonian. Houstonian. A Houstonian, yes. All right. Thank you. Also, then there's the nearby town of Humble, which actually has an H on the front. But for some reason, we just don't pronounce it. Really? Humble. Yeah. Humble, Texas is actually Humble, Texas. That's if a you're thing, local. Huh? Yeah. And it's a thing. So and it's like- Houston, Houston. For somehow, for some reason in South Texas, H's fall away. I don't know what happened to all the H's, but they're vanished. I don't know if we're too hot to say H's. I don't know if there's too much humidity. We just want to <laughs> avoid it. But it's Houston and Humble. Really? Anyway, sorry. It's a little rant I had to go on there because I don't know where all the H's went in South Texas. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Fair enough. Uh, What was your approach to everything here about flashy, about automatic, about – I'm going to go – I liked your color discussion. Yeah, I think think you've got to go subtle colors. Yeah. I'm going to go to I feel like an obvious car you need to drive. I don't know that it's the answer, but it's an obvious car I think you need to drive. Okay. And that is you need to find yourself a DSG GTI. Okay. Now, you've like said that. you'd kind of like to leave front-wheel drive, but front-wheel drive in a Mercury Milan and a, and a front-wheel drive in a, in a GTI are, are actually different worlds. So yeah, yeah if you are. wound up in yeah. a nice black GTI with DSG, you will blend in the parking lot and you will hoon on the on-ramp. Mm, love it. And when you're commuting in that massive stop-and-go that is Houston, you'll be fine. 
So I think that's a, a real like front running contender for me for you. Is Houston's traffic pretty bad? Oh, is God, it really yes. that bad? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's it's not quite LA levels, but they're in that top ten with LA, like LA, is Atlanta, really? and Houston, and these are the these are the places you don't want to sit in traffic. Yuck, yeah, yeah. And I, Houston's I you know one of those places as well where it happens to also be flat. So it's not like you're looking at the pretty mountains. You're just looking at the taillights in front of you, and we're going to the next light. I loved your description of everybody's kitchens, how they're really big, designer, beautiful kitchens, and they're perfectly clean and unused because everybody goes out to eat. That's definitely Houston and Dallas. There's a lot of that. There's a ton of great restaurants. But anyway, side note. So, so funny. Yeah, so GTI, I think, is a real front runner. In this category, though, trying to go a little bit more sporty for you, get rear-wheel drive, automatic. How recently can you get in the Infinity lineup? Oh. G37s. Oh. The Coupe. Okay. That's a great-looking car. It's a great-looking sports car. You may wind up in the uh, in the Q50, Q60. It's going to be nice in traffic, that's for sure. And and, I'll, and it's also a genuine rear-wheel drive sports car in feel. Yeah, If you get true. the Coupe, it genuinely is. But it's a good commute car. It looks like a business person's car, but it isn't the flashiest thing in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you may end up, you know, a little farther back than you'd like to get into one, but I actually think, you know, those things don't hang on to value like crazy and they just run. They do. So I mean, I hear your German apprehension. What used to be the G class and now is the Q fifty sixty. I'm sorry, this is what Infinity's doing. My point is it's their three series competitor in BMW three series competitor in either coupe or four door. I would prefer you in the coupe. I, yeah, I, I for feel sure. like that's the the enthusiast play. Decent six speed uh, automatic, genuine automatic transmission in that. That's 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 good. I, I can totally see you in a nice subtle color. I can't believe I'm saying that, but a nice subtle color <laughs> Infinity Coupe. You're recommending silver? Is this what I'm hearing? This this is, this is this a the first. headline. This is a first. It's it's only taken like 320 podcasts for me to recommend <laughs> silver. Yeah, finally it worked. We did it together, Michael. Thank you. Anyway. I, uh, as you heard earlier, I went back in time. I went back because, Michael, I feel like as an enthusiast, being 24 years old, mm-hmm. this is your golden opportunity to start kind of, well, not at the beginning. We, none of us can ever start at the beginning. We'd have to go back to, you know, the 20s or earlier to, anyway, you know what I mean? Beginning of car. I see what you're going. Yeah. But yeah. sort of fun cars and kind of where we started the show, I'll say. Okay. Okay. And the enthusiast car, as a matter of fact, you owned one. Mm. It was your first sports car. Yeah. And I found you one, Michael. Ooh, a 300ZX, really? I found you a 1991 Nissan 300ZX automatic Hmm. from a company, well, they're a dealership, small dealership in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called LW Automotive. Okay. 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 This car is $11,900. It has 34,000 miles. You're kidding. It's completely stock and unmodified, and it's an automatic twin turbo or, or not it's not a twin turbo which is going to keep the insurance down correct and the reliability up and it's <laughs> clean it's stock it's perfect it's thirty four thousand miles huh and i'm thinking michael what if you start kind of at the beginning and you know what i mean when i say that yeah, but yeah, yeah. the progression of fun cars you start mm, with a z mm. car in your life sure like sure. my first real car i experienced the z car and i owned it for a few years yeah and that yeah. was my fun car. And the reason I went back is because of insurance. Mm-hmm. The older your car, the less the insurance agent is going to think, wow, and you know, you got something amazing and hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is over 25 years old now. Yeah. So Crazy to say, but yeah. It actually is probably older than you, Michael. Yeah, it probably is. Now yeah. I'm thinking about Frightened. that. But Moving on. All yeah. right, moving on. 
I'm just thinking, I started at the Toyota 86. I thought of the manual Mazda Speed 3 or any Honda Civic that you can buy, the, the SI, sure, for 15 sure, sure. grand. Yeah, yeah, you could do All that. All fun. You could do that. But I'm just thinking about, what if you started your car enthusiast mm-hmm. owning journey with one of the best and most favorite cars, the 1990s, That's, early 1990s, like with I, a 300Z, like but it's an automatic. Now, yeah. you can speak to driving the automatic in traffic and owning it in LA because you said, I prefer the automatic, I think, in traffic. Have oh, yeah. you not No, I was, I was to that? thrilled to have an automatic any time but when I was on a back road. But since I was commuting through Los Angeles stop and go five days a week, the back road was one day a week. Right. So the trade-off was worth right. it. I mean, look, did I want the manual? Yes, I did. Only when I was driving for fun. But every other time it was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I'm in the auto. And it's not dual clutch. It doesn't it have isn't. paddles. It isn't. None of that. No. It's an early 90s automatic. Yeah. But on the other hand, this car, it looks pristine, mm-hmm. unmodified. It hasn't been fast and furious. Did Nice. It has verb. I like it. Yeah. Nobody's gotten to this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's Japanese. It's going to run. The reliability yeah. yeah, is going to yeah. be high. But I think because of the cost, it's going to save you a little bit of money. And they'll probably let it go for 11, 11, 5 maybe. Yeah. And in fact, I actually think you could find an even better deal than that one. That one feels a bit on the high side to me. But maybe a bit on the high cle- side. But it is clean and low miles, which is why. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gray. It's that oh, interesting. dark yeah, yeah, yeah. gray yeah. blend in. Like I don't see it. Okay. But I thought, All right. you could go classic, Michael. Yeah. And then you've yeah, got yeah. the story to go with it. It's, sure. Hey, I'm sure. starting out my automotive journey. I'm starting here. Yeah. I didn't pay 15 or 18. Save that for yeah. the maintenance. Save that for, okay, your insurance will be a little higher than if you got a Accord or a Civic or something sure. like that, right? Uh, well, but, but it's old enough now. It probably won't be. That's my thing. I bet it's old enough that the insurance on that's going to be just a song, honestly. I mean, coupes I mean, over sedans. Insurance agents even looks at, you know, hey, the two-door must be the hotter car because it's yeah. two doors. Yeah, yeah. No, not necessarily. But I'm just yeah. – this is where my brain went because okay. we could throw S2000s at you. We could throw – you know, the Mazda Speed 3, like I said, and that kind of thing. But I, I'm just – something to consider. Okay. You can go 86. An automatic Toyota 86 for thirteen grand or something. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. All day long. I, I, I wonder I, – of course, obviously, I like that car. And I, and I would be a huge believer in you getting that car, Michael. I, I wonder about it in Houston only because that car shines on windy, fun roads. Yeah, true. And just sitting and commuting – you might not enjoy it enough. I think it's great. Even in traffic, I think it's great. But you might not enjoy it enough, which makes me sure. actually wonder about a first-gen Genesis Coupe. I know you like that car, and that is an excellent And it's an alternative too. to the Infiniti that I'm talking about. It is, and they'd, they'd probably know? be a little newer, too. It's, and let's be honest. I actually think that car, look-wise, looks a little flashier toward the sports car world than the Infiniti does. The mm-hmm. Infiniti looks a little mm-hmm. more kind of grown-up and businessman. But the Genesis is... It's going to be cheap to to buy, cheap to 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 run. Insurance is going to be pretty low, and they're just solid to drive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Michael, you've got some decision making to do, my friend. Thank yeah. you for writing to us. If you've got your own debate, EverydayDriverTV at gmail dot com. Thank you guys for sending in debates. We really appreciate it, and lots of them are coming ones, in. Yeah. Or you can go to the website, and it's the contact tab underneath the about mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. both Todd and I on there, and you can uh, reach us there. So please write to us your own debate, and we will get to social media questions now because there are great ones. Yep. I haven't refreshed the page lately, so I need to do that. There are so many. I'm going to start with uh, Street Sweepers Racing on Facebook. My sister wants an SUV, but she's disappointed by how they all seem to look the same. What's Fair a, comment. What's a unique one for under 35K? Mm. I think the Mazda CX-3 is a candidate here. 
Oh, that's well under thirty-five. K. Exactly. No, a loaded like, one isn't gonna, even going to be twenty-five. Like, but yeah, but 10 they grand just less. they size-wise and proportions-wise, that is a long nose. Mm. You look at it compared to the CX. The CX five yeah. feels kind of balanced. Here's the the nose part of the car. Here's the cabin part of the car. Sure. The the CX three feels more like that original Infinity. What was it? The FX thirty five that was their CUV before anybody did CUVs yes. was the long nose. It's almost like a, a clown shoe look. Almost. Infinity does the AMG or the uh, sorry AMC. Yeah. There you go. So, I think the CX three is a real candidate here, and it's well within the budget because I think it just has a unique look about it. There are others, but that's the first one I want to go with. Mm, oh, I like that. All right. Well, there's a question, well, two questions that are exactly the same on Instagram. Clearly, I need to answer this. From Shady Driver and Ed the Sled both asked me if I miss manual transmissions and oh, yeah. driving a stick. And yeah, I do, <laughs> especially after this weekend because we drove a 2011 Boxster Spider yeah. with a Softronic tune. And this will be a fast blast yeah. coming out. But it heads. I, I made the comment in the fast blast that that's the generation that was my favorite Porsche six speed. Yeah, the, it's that that, it, that mid two thousands. It did things to me that I I wanted the manual again. I love the yeah. PDK. Yeah, Don't get me I know wrong. You do. I know you do. And it's an amazing gearbox. It yeah. really is. And I'm not continuing to bring that up to make excuses. That's not the point. Manuals mm-hmm. really are cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it really scratched the itch. I yeah. will admit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I do miss that. But there, there's hope. That's not you know, <laughs> just because I've gotten a PDK doesn't mean well, I I've got. <laughs> I've got a, a short lifespan in manual transmission land. No, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll have another one in my life. Well, there was a question somewhere, and I, unfortunately I did not uh, copy it, so I don't have it right in front of me. But somebody asked around the question of, have we ever had a car we didn't want to get rid of or, or don't think we'll ever get rid of? And I mm. think you and I are both struggling with that right now with our current cars. Yeah, big You time. with your GTS and me with the Lotus Elise are both cars that we are so thrilled to have them yeah. that it'll be a little difficult for us to take our own medicine and actually get rid of them at some point. But I am just I'm I'm exploring that in my head. It, it, I'm at least a year away. <laughs> How far down that away. road do you get? No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm at least a year away from actually thinking about it seriously. Which is why yeah. I'm, I'm going to mention this here too. It's one of the reasons we're going to raffle the mini first to see if the raffle idea that we would like to do to interact with you guys and, and get our ca- cars to you, yeah, and yeah. feed the show financially. All of those things we're hoping work, and that's why we're going to try it with the mini because I like experiment. the mini, but the mini's not precious to me. Yeah. The Lotus is precious to me, but at the same time, back to where we started about preciousness in cars, back to what we always say about new experiences, the part of me that goes, I pretty much just love this car. I, I, I could tell you the things that aren't great about it, and I still don't care. I just love it. But in a year or so, you know what? I should take my own medicine. I should get a new experience. And I think you should with the GTS too. And every time I say it, you shake your head at I me know. and grit your teeth. But Because uh, we I'm both have on cars myself. we love right now, but I am so aware of the fact there are lots of other great cars out there it's a challenge. It's what we challenge you guys, but we challenge ourselves as well. You're right. I, you're completely right. And everybody who sees the GTS and asks me about it, they you know they realize, whoa, the last of the naturally aspirated flat six Caymans. And I think, yeah, yeah. I know you're yeah. right. How can I possibly? How can I let this go? Because just today I was searching Porsche 928s, and <sighs> of course you were. I came across essentially my car, not the exact car, but it was a 1988. 928S4 manual transmission mm. with 66,000 miles on it that okay. sold for $43,000 on Bring a Trailer. Huh. 
I bought mine for nineteen five, and I sold yeah. it for fifteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just about cried because They've I think if I still had that, it'd be worth forty three thousand dollars. They've right taken now. a turn though, and and bring a trailer is always a little higher it's, than reality. Yeah, yeah, I know it's bad for me to. Oh, it's a terrible website. In, in the best there. possible way, it's a terrible website. Yeah, <laughs> just and I think, oh my gosh, I just lost thirty grand if I only kept it. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, you, but this is back to drive your car. Yeah, just drive it is. It, use it. It is. Yeah. But is it a keep your car discussion? That's an entirely different discussion. Once you know, because I can't say with definitive answer, stake in the ground, that the value of my car will at some point go back up. I can't say that. I don't know. Well, but here's the thing. If the value of your car goes up, though, I submit to you it's 20 years away. I was going to say 15, 20 years. And yeah. I don't think, unless you have the means and the garage... To hang on to a car for that long. If you're really, you're dealing with three total spaces. I'm dealing with two to three total spaces. If I park a car outside, I'm dealing right, with three. Right. At that point, no. I'm not hanging on to a car in the hopes that in 20 years, hopefully it's going to go up. No. So at that point, you just got to drive it. You got to go, I enjoyed this. I'm going to move on. And Rent hopefully get another space great to store your car collection. Well, what? you know, Matt Ferris starting a whole garage in L.A. That's going to be that's going to print money for him because <laughs> yeah. everybody has a car. They're trying to figure out where to park it. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that's uh, that's going to go well. Anyway, all right. So, what else did you find on here? Uh, Ignacio wrote in. Hey, man, he wrote in on Facebook. Uh, you've been following the show for a long time. Thanks for writing in again. He said uh, he asked two questions. I'm going to go with the second one because I loved it. It was, "What is the worst everyday driver you can imagine?" The worst Ooh. car you can imagine as an everyday driver. And I thought about this for a while Ooh, because okay. I'm actually going to do a video. My next Lotus Elise video, I think, is going to be on the spectrum of sacrifice that I've joked about. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the, the Elise. And I'm going to talk about minivans. and I'm going to talk about the spectrum of sacrifice related to cars. And as I've said before, the thing about cars, any car you've got is somewhere in this range. And I know there are cars that require more sacrifice than the Elise. I know that. But I have an Elise as a reference. But Hopefully, if you sacrifice something, I'll go with minivans, you sacrifice dynamics and sexy styling, but you gained a lot of utility. You gained yeah. something some, for the things you sacrificed. Some kind of trade-off. Exactly. Whatever exactly. it is. And the, and the Elise is obviously the opposite. I have no cargo space. <laughs> the air conditioner sometimes works. If you what carry you, any cargo, it rides in the passenger seat. What, what do you mean there's a cup holder? What, what are you talking about? This newfangled <laughs> cup holder idea. But yet it is fantastic to drive. Right. So I, I took that category. And for Ignacio's question, I thought, what's the car that doesn't have an upside if you were commuting in it daily? Oh. If you wind up on an on-ramp, it's no fun. You wind up in, in stop-and-go traffic, it's no fun. You need to sit in a situation and be cool and air-conditioned and listen to the radio. It's still no fun. The Volkswagen thing, it does none of oh the above. Oh, my gosh. I haven't thought about that car for it a It does long none time. of the above. The, the, the gauge cluster is just your speed. There's no stereo. There's no cup holders. There's no niceness. <laughs> so it can't do any of the minivan utility fun, comfortable thing. And you don't want to hoon it. That's excellent. I'm going to let you have that. Wow. <laughs> There's another debate over here that two people asked independently from Ben T and Austin S. They're on Facebook asking, how many gears is too many? Oh, ben man. says, how many gears is too many in the modern transmission? Because I think six is optimal for most situations. Yeah. I mean, how much mileage, MPG, are you really gaining from a 10-speed? Sure, sure. And Austin says, are seven manually shifted gears too many? And he says the 991 and the current C7 VET yep. are the only yep. mass-produced cars that offer a seven-speed manual transmission. Mm -hmm. When when will this become standard? Has it already as a – are we now – you know, everybody was five speeds. Wow, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to six, and that blew everybody's mind. And now we're at seven speeds in a manual transmission. I mean, can they make a logo, just a, the H pattern on top? Well, see, 
to fit all the gears in? Are we going to shift nine manually ourselves? No, I, that's the thing. The, the You're thing, shifting a truck at that point. The thing about manual is it is that H pattern. Once you add a new tree, if you will, a new, <laughs> a, a, a new line to the H pattern. It's a, okay? it's a maze. A labyrinth? Once you add a new line to the H pattern, the whole pattern gets more confusing. Yeah, yeah. And six has a nice balance to it because it does. you've got a, a left side, a right side, and a middle channel. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much, certainly after you get used to a car's gearbox, you can pretty much go, I'm in gear six and I want to be in two. I'm in gear six and I want to be in three. You can just find it. You can just do it. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. add another line to the tree, if you will, which is what happens with seven, and it starts to get a little bit, what gear am I in? And certainly anything beyond that. If you were into nine, bet you couldn't find it. I, I don't think you could ever consistently find it. And then back to how many gears, we drove the... Camaro ZL1 with the 10-speed auto. Yeah, right. It wanted to do nothing but shift constantly. When you have yeah, finely spaced yeah. gears like that, the car's always needing a different gear. Now, obviously, that's an auto, but it's always needing a different gear. And it's just this, just stay in a gear. Let's just get, can I actually get a range of power out of this car? I do think we're at uh, too many gears. I think, I, I actually, for autos, I like eights. The, 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 yeah, I agree with the that. The ZF8 speed is a great gearbox. It is. Anything they drop it in, I think you could put it in like a go-kart and be like, this is brilliant. So yeah. it, it's a great yeah. gearbox, and I think a nice six-speed is the best for manuals. Beyond that, I think you start to lose uh, enjoyment and genuine usability. Yeah, and on that note, the usability between second and third, which is where enthusiasts will spend most of their time well, tr- not all tracks. I can't say that as a sweeping statement for tracks, but say your favorite canyon road or the, the favorite road you dri- yeah. drive on. It's going to yeah. be second to third, second to third, back probably, and forth. Probably. And so that pattern, I feel like six speeds are really well suited to that. Mm. Seven speeds, you could argue for. I don't think we're ever going to see eight speeds. I'm tiptoeing out on a tiny branch limb. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see an eight-speed manual. Well, but the seven-speed... A bit preposterous. The seven speed in the Z06, if memory serves, I was doing twelve hundred RPM at eighty. Yeah, which is why that yeah. exists. Because yeah. right, look, right. this is why my gas mileage is thirty-two miles to the gallon with a six-point-two liter supercharged V8 because I'm I'm barely above idle and I'm going eighty. But I think now the tipping point has occurred between manufacturers offering a manual transmission with the MPG thought in mind. Oh, because we're past that, yeah. You know, automatics are great now, yeah. and the enthusiasts wanting that, and the it's always the second to third, and then is yeah. is it a a shift? You know, up and over, and oh, you're, down now and you're over? getting into dog legs almost, or yeah. is it straight second to third, back and forth, yeah. back and forth? And how have they arranged? How they designed the gearbox mm-hmm. essentially? I don't think manufacturers are offering that anymore for MPG. No, they're not. That they're offering it as the alternative. It's it. not for a, yeah, a gas And as game. a matter of fact, the news just came out about the boss of the M division of BMW has claimed they will continue to support manual transmissions. That's good news, yeah. but only as long as we enthusiasts keep buying them. He, he kind of acknowledged it as almost with a sigh, almost like a shrug and a sigh, <laughs> like, I guess we'll keep doing manuals <laughs> was, if people really want yeah. them. I don't understand it, but we will. It was kind of a begrudging thing. But, hey, they're still out there, which is good news. Yeah. Well, there's a question from Michael M. as well on Facebook. What's the oldest everyday driver you'd suggest in a car debate, and what mm. kind of car do you think that'd be? Well, I just suggested a 91 300ZX, you did. Michael. You did, yes. I'm uh, I'm kind of going pretty far back. There, but. There's a level at which people have to actually be looking for classics. 
Yeah. And I think generally I'm not going to go past the 90s. And that's still, I mean, that's, like you were saying, that's 25 years old at this point. It's crazy. I mean, early first-gen Acura NSXs are now in the you know sweet spot of yeah. buying range, that kind of thing. But yeah, but I mean, look, look, think about it this way: the Miata came out in '89. Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, if you're looking for a car older than that, you're specifically looking for a specific driving experience and a classic driving experience. Or it's classic Porsches, like we made it for Jody exactly, last, last exactly time Exactly right. And because at that point, you are sacrificing a lot of modern tech. You're sacrificing a lot of modern engine technology and safety with airbags. Mm-hmm. You're specific. If you're honestly, if you're a person that is shopping for a 1970s muscle car, <laughs> you are specifically looking for that. And me recommending to you a car from 1990 or 2000 is irrelevant. Uh, yeah, true. So uh, at some point, I think, and I do think it's uh, right now, and it may, and this may move as we move through through uh, time. But I think right now, the 90s is is about as far as we can push it. <laughs> I agree. All right. Uh, anything else stick out to you on here? Uh, Kyle wrote in on Instagram and said, best entry-level helmet for track days. Oh, good. There are tons of companies. There are tons of companies. Uh, I think you need to look to spend about 250 bucks. You can get them for less. Don't get me wrong. You might find ones at 150 180 I found open-face ones and, and cheaper uh, full-face helmets for that. We used to have an open-face one that was about $180 helmet, I think. I would shop uh, Bell. Actually has some decent helmets at the entry-level yeah. ways. They also have some that are carbon fiber. My gosh, that's the price of a car. But I would actually say to you, there's a company called, I'm going to get it wrong, it's either Pyrotect or Pyrotech. Pyrotect or, yeah. Yeah. The ones we have. Exactly. We got those. Uh, we found this company because you can actually go to the 24 Hours of Lemons website, and they have a great page to help you gear up. And they have found, because a lot of people are starting this, they have nothing as far as uh, race gear is concerned. And you want to get an entire kit, and that can be wickedly expensive. So they have a lot of links to a lot of affordable stuff. Uh, Winding Road, that started as a magazine that David E. Davis Jr. started. Oh, sure. And then it became a whole other thing. And now it's mostly a racecraft uh, thing. They actually do a lot of recommendations. Their stuff can be a little higher end. But I would say chase that uh, pyrotech, and you can find it through uh, through Lemons, and you can find a good range of helmets of all prices there. That's what we're driving. We're not endorsing. It's just that they've been good helmets to us, and they're affordable. I've got a ton of questions. I'm going to try to get through them very quickly because thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And some of you just for the first time right now, I'm noticing that. Rpate27 asked me, what other design element can I think of that is as iconic to car brands, the profile, as the Hoffmeister kink on BMWs? Mm. Well, there's many. Bugatti horseshoe grill. Yeah. You're going to do this well. I'm just going to sit here for a minute. Rolls-Royce hood ornaments. Yeah. Ferrari side slats from the 80s and 90s. Okay. The 911 profile, if I just show you the profile and draw that for you, you can say, ah, it's a 911. Yeah. Lambo doors, <laughs> the Miata profile, and the Acura NSX rear wing. You just know. That's an interesting one. Yeah. You just know. Okay. All right. Everybody All right. knows. All right. Uh, what else? There's uh, some more car design questions. Handsome Alex 25 asked, what are car des- why are car designs coming out featuring large amounts of plastic body cladding? Hi, Pontiac. They were the culprits <laughs> they of were this. They were the kings of this. <laughs> Bulbous interior knobs and ex- exterior body cladding. Although the Chevy Avalanche first gen that your dad has. Yeah, uh, he, has a, he has kind of a second gen. but yeah, Second gen. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of like, I'm not a real truck, but I play one on TV kind yeah, of plastic body cladding. It's actually kind of cool. Well, that's the thing. The first gen had the extra body cladding, and the version my dad got, 09 and up, doesn't. Oh, Which okay, is good. much better. All right, much excellent. Better, yeah. Well, he's, he's talking about the Chevy Avalanches here, and he says, the latest horrible example is the Hyundai Kona CUV mm. and the Jaguar E-Pace having plastic around the wheel arches. Generally speaking, it's because 
in the areas where it's plastic, it's because it was too expensive to stamp it out of sheet metal or oh, the sheet metal would tear or it was sure the, the detail was was so fine and the designer wanted that so badly that it's easier to do an injection molded part oh, wow. rather than sheet metal. So you're doing a finishing piece simpler to to describe okay. that feature right. that yeah, yeah. that's either too expensive, time consuming. Got it. Got it. It'll pull out of the the sure. tool. Sure, like sure. the the bangle trunk lids on the seven series. Yeah, those tore at the corners a lot. They had a high rejection rate on those things yeah. because of trying to make trying metal to, do that. It's yeah. like a sink, an upside down sink essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's and crazy. it was tearing right there. And then finally, Woody's wheels. He's headed to the F1 race at Coda, Circuit of the Americas Ooh, in Austin. Cool. He's Very asking, cool. it's my first time there. Any tips for a first-time attendee? I think there's the Austin Fan Fest on 6th Street in downtown. I think that's going on this year. Lots of internet research, of course. Sometimes, if you want to throw down for the hospitality events, the Formula One the sanctioned yeah. body will you know, have private events and that kind of thing. I will say, follow your favorite driver on social media because sometimes they announce places that they'll be or oh, interesting. Yeah. various events. And then if it's your first time and you're taking a lot of photos, rent a lens. Rent yeah. a big lens. Yeah, I see that. And yeah. take it with you, even though you're going to be a guy with a big lens. Yeah, okay, whatever. Schlepping around Coda in the heat. But still, you yeah. could get some pictures that you otherwise would not have gotten. And since you're going to be in Austin, I'm going to give you a, a weird one that I actually really like. Okay. Nothing to do with the F1 race. You said your first time in Austin. If you have a free evening, mm. go to the Alamo Draft House and watch a movie. Oh, yeah? They are one of the first and the best at doing movies where you can order food while you sit there at the movie. And I mean, like, no they've got a whole kitchen, great food. The, 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 the waiters and waitresses come right, right between the aisles, but, but their heads don't get in your way. Really? It's a fantastic place. They were one of the pioneers of it, and they started in Austin. They've got a couple locations in Austin. Go to the Alamo Draft House. Just pick a movie you want to watch and just enjoy. Wow, excellent. Awesome. Uh, Daniel has a, a question. I'm going to try to cover this quickly. You're trying to decide between a standard Subaru WRX and a Mazda MX-5 help you out. Oh, that's good. Look, the Subaru is far more versatile. It's going to do far more things. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how you're going to drive this. Is this your commute car or is this a car that's going to get some fun? I think, Daniel, if you have not owned rear-wheel drive before, the MX-5 just wins this. Hmm. If you need four doors and you need hauling ability, the MX-5 instantly loses. But I really like the WRX. It's one of the best all-arounders out there. But as a result of being an all-arounder, I don't think it has anything that is a standout 10 in any category. It's got That's a good. lot of eights. It's got a lot of eights. Sure. The MX-5 is a 2 in usability, but it's a 10 in just this is a back road and it's awesome. True. So if you're going to do that kind of driving, you want to just enjoy the driving experience, it's the MX-5. Guys, thank you a million for following, for sharing the podcast. We really appreciate it. That's how it's grown, is you guys sharing it mm -hmm. and rating it. Mm -hmm. Please don't forget to, when we announce the show dropping on Amazon, please rate it and review it, if you great. would. It'd be really great. We'd love to hear from you. Rate it and review on IMDb mm -hmm. as well. We appreciate that. That's a for new sure. place to rate and review the show. And then, yeah, finally, write to us. We always ask for that, and uh, we really appreciate it, because it's you that makes the show. So thank you again. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. 
You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.